from somewhere in the Caribbean aboard the beautiful Disney Magic, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Oh, that's cheesy. Okay, this is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 380 for the week of December 11, 2014. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Tom Bell, and I'm joined in person by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Malaroy, Michael Bowling. Hey there, hi there, hello there. And Tony Spatel. I have clothes on. <laughs> in, this week's, in this week's show, I take a look at the Hilton Garden Inn. And Tony has a review of the House of Blues. All that plus our hits and misses for 2014 on this edition of the Design Plugged. Hello, everyone. Hello. 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 We are in a stateroom aboard the Disney Magic, aboard Podcast Cruise 5.0. We are all having a wonderful time. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, make sure you check out the video that was recorded on board, the, podca- the Orlando podcast that was recorded on board. A fun time, lots of great guests, so you want to definitely want to check that out. What's your favorite thing so far been on the cruise? The spa. And actually, port visitations. This is the first time I've been to all three of these ports. Nice, nice. How about you, Tony? I would say the port in Jamaica, the uh, excursions swimming with dolphins in Dunriver Falls, but really, it's singing Islands in the Stream with Tom. <laughs> we have the- video. Uh-oh. Have- okay, how about, how about you, Mary Besides uh, spending time with all my friends and meeting our listeners, that was really cool. Um, I would say also I agree with Tony. I think the Jamaica port was fantastic. And my roommate, Leslie, doing things with her because she's very adventurous. So she gets me to do things I don't normally do. As does Tony. Um, (laughs) Michael. I would say it's really being able to relax, but meeting all the other Dizzers, talking to people, um, meeting people that enjoy history, yeah. the Disney history, and chatting with them. And I, I especially loved the Give Kids the World auction and the money that we were all able to raise for that charity. Excellent. Yeah. Um, what about yours, Tom? Oh, my – it's just, like Mike said, just meeting people in the hallway and – Saying hello and oh yeah, we listen to your show. I'm like, when you're coming to Disneyland, um, so. Okay, Tony, do you feel like a heel that all three of them had that as their first choice? And, <laughs> and frankly, I just thought that was a given. Well, everybody knows I'm not friendly or don't like people, so that's kind of to be expected. But I do have to. That was a joke. Um, I do have to say that um, one thing that I got a lot of feedback from about people that listen to the show was everybody loves Michael's segments. Yeah. So yes. I want you to know that. We heard that from a lot of people, so. Oh, Amen. Yeah, I appreciate that. All right, so any quick housekeeping, um, show notes, always disunplugged.com. Uh, if you want to email us, you can email us at dlpodcast.wwinfo.com. Um, I have a quick one. Um, you know, we do have chat night on Wednesday nights that focus on Disneyland. So we do the planning. We have several shows where we're planning. But if you have questions about Disneyland, t- almost always Tom's in there or Mary Jo's in there, me, um, and as well as some of our Disneyland regulars. So if you have questions, join us. Or if you just want to chat or we have trivia the usually the first Wednesday of the month with prizes. 
And please remember to friend us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, even though some of us like me don't have very interesting Twitter accounts. But still, especially those of you who we've met on the cruise, make sure you connect with us on like Facebook and all that. Our information is on the Diz. And also remember to rate us on iTunes. That's always a good thing. Makes us pop up higher in the list. There you go. And if you aren't on Podcast Cruise 5.0, you might want to consider joining us on the Royal Caribbean Alaska Cruise with the Diz and Dreams Unlimited Travel. That is June 12th of 2015. You'll definitely want to be there. Um, We will all be there. Leaves out of Seattle. No international airfare required. There you go. Um, We'll we'll talk about. We uh, Michael mentioned the the fundraiser for Give Kids World. Uh, the date popped up already for Coasting for Kids 2015. So mark your calendar, June 7th of 2015, that's a Sunday, is going to be next year's Coasting for Kids. I saw somebody on the boards is already raising money, so you might want to think about that already. It's too early to sign up, but put it on your calendar. Cause I think all of our regulars are going to go already, so I'm glad that our team's expanding. And shoot, the challenge, challenge accepted. See if we can fill all 30 spots. Oh, man, that would be awesome. Wouldn't it, though? Yes, we have a lot of fun doing it, and our whole Coasting for Kids group is on the Caribbean, and it's so much fun running into each other. Well, except for my wife, but... I'm so sorry. Almost everybody from our group is on there, so Christy, we did miss you. She doesn't listen. That's fine. It's okay. I still miss her, because she's awesome. Okay. She is. She rocks. It's not a cruise without her. All right, so this is an unusual segment for us. This or an unusual new segment for us. This is going to be our hits and misses for 2014, and maybe a little look look forward to 2015. Uh, next week will be a normal new show. Plus, we will have our uh, reviews of how the new Fantasmic Fast Pass system is going to work, and we will have Brian back for his uh, trip report. So let's talk a little bit about. 2014 um no real new big things going on but lots of little things that we can talk about first is this year's exciting promotion hashtag um show your disney side i don't know it did it what do you think michael did it really work out i thought it was sort of boring personally I didn't get into the videos people were posting, and so I don't know. First of all, I don't understand why there has to be a celebration every single year. Uh, I think just let's just have a normal year and keep the celebrations to something worth celebrating, um, like an anniversary of a park or or a, an attraction or something. But there doesn't have to be something every year because I think they're getting to be a bit lackluster and a bit, and they they're feeling forced. Well, I was right. going to say, it started off really strong, everybody was into it at the very beginning of the year, and now you hardly ever see anything from them, including even from Disney's own um, social media team. They're rarely ever hashtag anything Disney side anymore. Right, um, and to go along with that, we had the the now annual party in May, the 24-hour party, which was Rock Your Disney Side. Uh, did anybody go to that besides me? I went to that. I thought it was a lot of fun. And one of the things I noticed that they did for the first time, if you guys remember, is they allowed adults to wear costumes. So you either represented a villain or your hero in an outfit. And it was fun watching everybody, seeing everybody, how they were dressed up. Okay. What were you going to say, Tony? I, I was with you at the 24-hour. Thanks for remembering. That was when I got sick, huh? Yes. You didn't even remember. You were delirious. That's true. That is true. And we left early, like two old men. 
Oh, that's yes, right. yes. I think we called you wimps, but I'm not. No, no, we wouldn't have done that. No, 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 no. Not Mary no. Jo. No. Never. Your faces anyway, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, t- <laughs> also, at the beginning of the year, we had Frozen Overload Part One because what was it? December of of thirteen is when Frozen yeah, opened. It, yeah, December was it Christmas Day? Something like that. Or but so let's talk a little bit about what happened with the merchandise. What didn't happen with the merchandise, because at the beginning of the year, everybody wanted to get items, and there were actually, on Facebook and on the Diz, people were messaging each other if they went to the parks, and the merchant, Disney did not meet the demand at the time that, that people wanted it. There were huge lines, merchandise was disappearing off the shelves, and people were grabbing them up, so I think they really didn't realize, they weren't prepared for um, the demand that they were going to... That was that happened at the beginning of the year, which was a shame. Right. Yeah, demand turned more into deluge, and it takes a good thirteen months to to three years to develop pro- and design products. So they were really either on the stick, or their uh, merchandise suppliers just either didn't provide within the deadlines or something like that. It's very easy to. But yeah, so this year, thankfully, that two point, you know, Anna and Elsa merchandise 2.0 tended to over deluge us with uh, merchandise. So now there's so much of it now at the end of the year. Although um, I was talking to David Zanola today, and he said the hottest frozen merchandise right now is actually the beautifully Disney cosmetic line. And apparently, people are clamoring all over the internet looking for that. And there's actually still some on the ship. Shocking. I have to disagree. The hottest frozen merchandise is the Olaf toilet tissue you can get in the United Kingdom. Oh, I yeah. have I have my family is going to send me some so for Christmas so that I'll be able to show it all to you. Before um yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to add I don't want I don't I'm okay not seeing that. I'll just take your word for it. <laughs> Who on earth would it, – it, I mean, I can understand Donald Duck on the orange juice, but off on your – never mind. Let it go. Let it go. All right. Okay. Um, before we talk about things that were new at Disneyland and the California Adventure this year, let's talk about things that went away, which was – one of them was Billy Hill and the Hillbillies. Yeah. I – Billy Hill and the Hillbillies was such a huge hit and they have such a large fan base that people, um, your, yours truly included, have annual passes to Knott's Berry Farm now because they moved over there and there's a huge following that went over there. So I think Disney missed out a little bit on, I, I don't think that was a good decision on their part. So Disneyland's loss is Knott's Berry Farm's gain? Oh, exactly. Well, and maybe that's a good thing because now they're spreading the wealth. Because now that those of us who have now have annual passes to Knott's, we go there more often, do things like find the turquoise store and other things because of Billy Hill and the Hillbillies. When you're silver and turquoise. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But, I mean, there's actual um, get-togethers now at Knott's Berry Farm because of that, where we go watch them and then go do other things in the park. So let's talk about Knott's Berry Farm a little bit. Take a side trip over there. A couple new things this year was Camp Snoopy. You got to take a look at that, right? I did, and I actually really, really liked it. I even rode on all the new attractions with my kids and thought they were fun, except for that blanket, Linus and the blanket Snoopy ride (laughs) where I almost puked afterwards. And then uh, then the redo of Calico Mine Ride, which is really nice. 
that was beautiful that was beautiful i you know it seems che for those who it seems cheesy to they don't i don't think they really understand or appreciate the full depth of it and if you're a grown up or even a teenager or a kid who can read you know you should at least look at some of the background history on that um it, it's it's fun um and and i love that knots has been adding and upping their their game on the family stuff and in a little bit we'll talk about what's ahead for 2015 and and the family stuff there um let's talk about new things at new attractions at um or refurbished attractions at Disneyland the new Alice in Wonderland yeah yeah Alice in Wonderland went under a lengthy refurb uh for two reasons one is they refreshed the story attraction and story part of it and also because of Cal OSHA they had to redo the exterior of the ride so that we would not go careening over the side how many times has that happened that's happened it's surprisingly tom really? that has happened never <laughs> <laughs> almost as many times as people have fallen in the moat Yes, yes. Let's not dis the railings. Yes, there's another new addition in 2014. But, but um, what the the Alice in Wonderland attraction? What was nice about that is that through the use of video and other special effects, they filled in the the story, the elements of the story that were missing that really make it a, a full attraction story ride through um they filled it in so that now you can really understand um the storyline of the attraction and then there were new special effects in there um that, that gave some of the scenes depth um i would have liked that maybe they did the, the rumor that there was going to be a new queen of hearts audio animatronic i wish that had happened but otherwise i think that um they did an excellent job with alice I like how dynamic it feels when you ride through it because, like Michael said, they added to increase the storyline, but as you're riding it, the visuals fill in some of the dark spaces, and so it doesn't seem as dark. That's kind of, I think, what he meant by depth. It doesn't seem, it, it seems like it really branches out and you go farther into the scene that's in front of you, and I really, really like that. And it's, Alice in Wonderland is one of the classic rides in or attractions in fantasy land and i never noticed that there were empty spaces there but now when i go in there's so much to look at and like you said nancy it's just so full now when you go in there mm -hmm. it's a it's a great it, it turned into a good ride to a great ride in my opinion yeah also new this year is or back after what 18 months or something like that is big thunder mountain railroad which turned out awesome uh nice smooth track now and a new show new element yeah, a new show element in the last the last lift hill which is very cool yeah it's very exciting um to go on that attraction so um i was surprised how they how fun that ride and they still have the goat trick which we all love yes but um the the ending was just so different than what i expected that it just turned it into a much better ride it also goes to show how Disney can have a great ride, change a few things, and then make it even better. Yeah. There's, I don't think there's any other amusement park, or obviously there's multiple amusement parks, but any other company that can do that, that they can take something that's already great and tweak it a little bit and make it even greater. And I thought that with um, Big Thunder Mountain, definitely. 
I don't want to give away some of the cool stuff, but yeah. Well, I know that, you know, even the rumor had it, the tweaks were to go along with whatever show that they were designing for television to um, correspond with the, the attraction, um, which funny, we've never heard money. Yeah. We've never heard anything more about that. Um, even though some of those things may be focused, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter whether that project existed or died. It's still, it still stands alone on its own. And that's Very cool. Nice. Very cool. There was another attraction I just remembered that went through a refurbishment, and that was the Little Mermaid oh, yeah. oh. attraction as well, where, again, they took, a, a very good attraction, but there were a lot of blank spots, that, and that was one of the things we all complained about. So a lot of dark areas. They filled them in with fish, and they upgraded some of the audio animatronics, um, dealt, fixed the lighting in under the sea scene, and um, so that again, so that you felt you were more under the sea rather than in a large room. Um, didn't quite tweak the ending as they were going to. But overall, again, like Tony was saying, they took what a ride that children love and made it even better. Yeah. And to the point that they're now going to make these changes in the Magic Kingdom um, version of the attraction here in Orlando. Excellent. Uh, another new thing, we finally got a tour again at California Adventure. Mary Jo, check that out. What, what were your Reader's Digest thoughts? Fantastic addition to it. It was much needed. Something in California Adventure. It was the right kind of tour for those um, who like a little bit of history, like me. You would. I highly, highly recommend this after the Walk and Waltz Disney's Footsteps tour. It's really good. I and I did this with my friends Leslie and Chris. They do a lot of things with me, and and the three of us. Um, there was not nothing negative we could say about this tour. I would. I want to do it again. Okay. Cool. Because you missed half of it the first time? <laughs> I was a little bit late. But they waited for me, and, and I, it was filled in. But one of the things is, usually when I go to California Adventure with Nancy, she has a lot of that insight to the um, different areas of Los Angeles that relate to Buena Vista Street. And it was nice to hear that everything she's told me about it is, was corroborated by the cast members who said the same. And I was like, oh, yeah, Nancy said this. Oh, yeah, Nancy yes. said that. <laughs> so it was, But it was really good. And so... It gave me a better appreciation of the work that the Imagineers did when they when they built Buena Vista Street to represent the time period that Walt um, encountered when he came to Los Angeles. Cool. Um, now let's talk a little bit about the work that went on in New Orleans Square for the expansion of Club Thirty Three. Has has anybody checked it out yet? The yeah, actual what? restaurant. Not the actual, none of us have gone oh, to the actual restaurant. Actually, less, no, I haven't had the opportunity because of, you know, one of the things that I'd say was kind of a miss is that the club members can, are now limited in the people that they're allowed to bring into the club or to sponsor to go to the club without their presence. And so, whereas we had some benefactors who would, um, give us that little plus, you know, treatment for club 33 we don't have that anymore however my friend leslie was able to go and she went into the jazz lounge she said that the jazz lounge is wonderful and she likes it better than the restaurant so i i just i mean i heard firsthand from somebody but she said that that was a really um good experience and the mess on that i think all of us agree no, the the architecture uh that 
they changed to New Orleans Square with the addition of Club 33. You know, New Orleans Square was was very intimate, and they had these shuttered windows. I mean, very much looked like Bourbon Street, uh, you know, in the real New Orleans. And then they put these huge, enormous picture windows in um, that totally out of scale with the land um, are very modern compared to the the turn of sort of the or the 18th century sort of architecture of New Orleans Square and one one the one that's right over uh Cafe Orleans even though it is centered in the interior in the room it's in it's off centered on the exterior so it's a little bit off then right yeah. The, yeah. when you're outside when you're, when you're looking at it I mean, and it's squarely over the restaurant but when you're looking at it it is over to the right um by a couple of feet off center and it, it's very distracting and just throws the whole building off so i i really have no idea what the architects the imagineers were thinking when they designed all this also for the first time club 33 is now open to gaze in through the windows because these windows are so large they're uncovered so that guests um in the park can now look into club 33 so uh, I think overall, uh, extremely poor design, very poor show. And then the loss of the Court of Angels. That's a huge yeah. miss in my, in my opinion because the Court of Angels was there for everybody and it was probably one of the most beautiful spots to take um, annual pictures or family pictures. Or it just gave you, it made you feel like you were being inside New Orleans when you were there and that was taken away from the normal guest or the average guest. Now you have to pay a premium and then some and it's only available to the exclusive club and I don't think that's what Walt Disney was, his intentions were when he built Disneyland. Alright, let's move on a little bit to uh, some other new things. <laughs> She's high-fiving herself. Um, oh, my fist is in the air because I'm still mad about that. Oh, okay. Uh, Let's talk about the the new interactive games that were played in Adventureland and Frontierland. Did anybody get to check those out this year? No, other than just playing them at uh, at D twenty three when they were that was last year. Yeah, that was last year. So I mean, I assume it was the same thing. I mean, it was fun when people were playing them then. So I assume that they were fun. I thought Have you. you ch- it was such a short time. I thought you I checked was, them out. I, saw I did, them, but I didn't play them. Yeah, I checked it out. Um, I was there with Roz, and she was out. She got thrown in jail and stuff like that. Well, that's probably. Oh, I forgot about the first She's a lawyer, yeah. Yeah, she's. But um, what I noticed about there because it would start at a certain time each day and last until I think six p.m. There were so many people having fun, yes. participating. What I really liked about it is the cast members were stationed all throughout Frontierland, playing with the guests. And guests who were there more than one day got into it. And what was, what I liked about it is it was, it wasn't something you had to be there all day to do. You could go in the morning and, and what it, basically what it was is you chose either, um, to support the villains or the heroes in Frontierland and you were gonna earn money one way or another and buy land. So by the end of the day, Frontierland either belonged to the villains or they belonged to the heroes. And this was something interactive that a lot of guests could participate in. Again, you didn't have to be there all day, and anybody could do it. So it was, it was a big hit, I think. Okay, I gotta admit, I kind of forgot about the Frontierland games. I was thinking more of the Adventureland games, which were there and gone. I mean, that was just so quick because they were limited in the amount of trinkets they had. Whereas the Frontierland games, which we did play, 
I really enjoyed them, and I thought that the inner the character the cast members in character all throughout the park was really intriguing. The amount of things you had to do, you know, the duels, the draws, the funky teas that they had at the little, um, you know, they had interactive food choices um, with it. They were testing out new teas um, and new beverage items. So, yeah, I mean, all in all, I think it was a really, really good play test. Oh, and do you want to hear something else I learned recently? If you go to Craigslist for Glendale, apparently you can find out about playtesting sessions and Imagineering. Very awesome. All right. Cool. So, you know, ever if something comes up like this again, yeah, maybe we should uh, keep an eye out. Mm-hmm. All right. So we talked a little bit about how um, there was a little hiccup with the frozen merchandise at the beginning of the year, but as the year went on, we did get a couple new um, Anna and Elsa things going on in the park. We have uh, a new me- a new meet and greet in Fantasyland that um, eventually they added Fast Pass to because the lines were what fifty three hours long. No, the the lines were minimum two hours yeah. long, and you're standing in the hot sun. And I was able to do this with Nancy and her girls with Lily, as a matter of fact, and we did the. Fast, she, Nancy got a. In fact, you should tell them, Nancy. Okay, yeah. Um, I was going to say it, they didn't just add Fast Pass to it; it became a hundred percent Fast Pass. Right. So you had to go there first thing in the morning, get a Fast Pass. By nine o'clock, I would say it was getting to be about one o'clock was the return time for the Fast Pass. Um, yeah, they go super quick, um, but it was very cute. The decor on the inside, very cute. Um, it's an Anna and Elsa meet and greet. Yeah. So is it plus or minus for you? Um, it's to me, it's neither. It's the same as it being a tangled meet and greet. I don't see any difference except for the fact that Olaf talks to you while you wait in the line. Olaf is what makes it. Does anyone have an issue with it being a hundred percent fast pass? I kind of did because I feel like that's kind of exclusionary for people who are coming later, but it brings it in line with um, the the ones in uh, Walt Disney World, unfortunately. And as we know, that's going to be all eventually all in line. Well, that's what I don't like. One of the things that makes Disneyland great is it's a locals park and people can just show up and do what they want. And one thing that's, and I don't want to get into a Disney World discussion, but I don't want to schedule everything. Right. I want to be able to, if I have a daughter that wants to see Elsa, and I get there because there was a issue at breakfast, and I get there half hour late, and now she can't see it, I might not be listening to the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, which I should be, but what about those people who want to still see it? That kind of, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the scheduling everything before you get there. Because there's a lot of people that don't do it, and I think it's kind of exclusionary. Would you rather wait in a two-hour line? Okay, first of all, I wouldn't. You're right. However, but I think there needs to be a chance for those people to wait in a two-hour line. I wouldn't. If I had only one day, and we went there for, let's say, my six-year-old daughter that I don't have birthday, and that's the thing she wanted to do more than anything, and I get there at nine, and I can't do it, there's no... How do I, especially if I'm not a wealthy gut person and I spent my, you know, $100 a ticket for the five and this is the one day I have off, I wouldn't want to wait in the two-hour line. But if that's what made my daughter happy and that's why we went, I'd want that opportunity. That's all. Okay. 
stepping Thanks. stepping down from the soapbox. All right, and the other Anna and Elsa thing. Nancy agrees. Okay. The other Anna and Elsa thing that happened this year was the change of the Disney Studio Disney three six five to Anna and Elsa's boutique, which was first going to be Elsa and Anna's boutique, but then they changed the sign. Okay, as I sit on the couch next to Tom, rolling my eyes back in my head and sighing a hefty sigh, yes, they probably needed to update it from the 80s rock star looks. Yeah, Hannah Montana is so 1980s. No, I'm just sitting. No, no but I mean the, the yeah. Hannah Montana is gone. Yes. Yeah, Hannah. Then the 80s, 90s, whatever you want to call them, rock star looks are are gone. But they're still somewhat similar. But at least they do the nice braiding. But it, I don't know. It's just not the merchandise isn't as creative. It isn't as fun. All it is is the same Anna and Elsa stuff that you see around the parks and whatever else they can run into a snowflake or a winter theme, you know, like snowflake little top hats on a headband. I, I just don't get it. Michael. Well, well, another uh, Anna and Elsa um, event was the um, pre-parade that we ended up seeing before Mickey's Sensational Parade. Then they appeared also in um, the Halloween cavalcade mickey's cavalcade at our halloween parties and then they kicked poor mrs claus to the curb and replaced her in our um very merry christmas parade well, they, mrs. they claus was not her no mom? they they replaced mickey and minnie yeah, they, who, who bumped bumped mrs claus no, no even worse even worse the the roller skating snowflakes have lost their snowflake they are now wearing little fuzzy hats and being like little skater ice skater types I love the dancing snowflakes. And, and that's Anna and Elsa related. Okay, so for those of us who go to Disneyland all the time and, and might have um, issues with it, when I see it, there's so many, it, they're, so, they're so big right now. And even though I don't think the boutique is going to be something that's longstanding, right. right now there's a high demand for it, and that's what the people want when they come. So if you're you're looking at the, pe- the, the guests who are coming from out of town and, you know, as as local, even the locals who don't go there all the time, this is what they want, and Disney's answering that. So, um, I don't see it as long term, but we'll find out since there's other things coming up. All right, next year if the snowflakes aren't there, I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> I, yeah, and uh, truthfully, I've seen the parade without the snowflakes before. It's a matter of wind. It's been years. No, but no, no. Oh, is it a wind thing? It's a wind thing. Well, and I have to agree with Mary Jo because Carol and I went to the um, Frozen private party here at Disney Hollywood Studios, and we saw the Frozen sing-along that will be coming to Disneyland at some point. And I ought to tell you, it was wildly popular. The children loved it. It was it was well done. I, I was not the demographic for it, but I still enjoyed it. But to hear those children laugh and sing at the top of their lungs at all these songs, you know, the adults might be tired of this, but for the children, this is still fresh and new. And now that you mentioned that, Michael, on the 24-hour um, 24 event, they had the Frozen sing-along at California Adventure. I tried to go to it. It was sold out every single time. It was the, it was the movie with the, the... The movie with the titles, yeah. and, the, and everybody was singing along with the... It was karaoke. And yes. And, and, and I wanted to go check it out, and I couldn't, just because there were lines of people waiting for the next show. 
And what we saw was not the movie with the sing-along. They actually have a special show that retells the story, and they have actors and all of that, and um, with clips, and then you sing along. So it's well done, and I think it'll be very popular if this is the version that comes to Disneyland. Well, which, which we'll talk about in a second. <laughs> I know it sounds like I'm backtracking, but while I agree with everybody's commentary about Disney's meeting the financial needs, I'm really hoping, like you said, that this might be a temporary change in the boutique until either they have another character that they can feature it and they can turn it around and redesign it in a couple of years with somebody else that's very popular. It's still... And I don't mean to sound like a traditionalist because... I'm not necessarily, but you know what I mean. Anyway. Okay. Also, for Christmas this year, we got a couple updates to uh, World of Color Winter Dreams, which I don't think any of us have checked out yet. But I did check out uh, Jingle Cruise. How was it? <laughs> I liked it a lot better. Um, they... Even with the littering of all the ornaments on the elephants and all of that, it still was good? It was still was good. Uh, better jokes, lots of fruitcake jokes, which, I mean, you can never go wrong with a fruitcake joke. So. <laughs> I think when I think one thing that happened is, you know, Disneyland brought it to us last year and it wasn't enough. And when Disneyland had already done the Haunted Mansion overlaying the small world, what I heard people asking was, when's the Jungle Cruise going to be done? When's the Jungle Cruise going to be done? And I think it was down just for a couple of days and we saw the sign up that it was being done. There were a lot of happy people looking forward to the Jingle Cruise, so... Yeah, it was fun. I think we really appreciate our Christmas overlays much more so. Um, they just add, like I said, like Mary just said, it's a locals park. It adds variety for the local experience. But I think it also, we don't have that Christmassy weather. We don't have that Christmassy feel like Florida does. Like Florida also doesn't have, but this is another way they can really mix it up for us and add a little more of that holiday spirit, which then adds us to open our pocketbooks. So speaking of pass holders, there were some throughout the year, they, they, they keep doing some pass holder parties. Did you, you checked out some of those, right, Mary Jo? My, my daughter did. And she told me that what they did is they opened up California Adventure after hours. They had characters that you don't normally see that they were able to do. And they loved it. Well, a lot of these were like enticements to people whose passes were expiring and, and they were bringing them into the park to make sure that they uh, tried, kept, kept their, updated their pass right. or uh, renew their passes. Right. It was so that people would renew their annual pass and it was kind of like a reward and you could bring a guest who also had an annual pass to it. And they had every pass holder event had a special giveaway. So in June they had some giveaways for December. I knew it was ornaments and then in June, they had other giveaways that they were um, giving sunscreen and glasses that they were giving to, to people. We got the glasses at the one we went to. Okay. And, and that, again, that's something that everybody was looking forward to as far as annual pass holders. But then you also have... I don't know. Keep going. I'll, I'll mention my uh, point in a second. Okay. I said then you also have the, the Disney blog events that um, I think if you listen to Tuesdays and at... 8, 15, and 35 seconds. If you're uh, on the Disney blog and hitting refresh every few seconds, you might get their latest blog event. And if you can sign up within, I think it's a minute and t 45 seconds at this point. Wow, if you, you sign up, hey, because I did it at a minute 46 and they were sold out already. <laughs> and I think that's where Tony has some input. 
Well, actually, I was going to say, um, when you're talking about the annual pass holder events, specifically for people that were renewing them, we know that even the Frozen, it's a demand, so people spend money. Obviously, which we had mentioned a long time ago, annual pass holders were needing some kind of enticement to renew their pass. They wouldn't do it just to be nice. They're doing it because people aren't renewing because they've gotten too expensive. I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> nice. It's true. I mean, you got to consider that. It's really very true. All right, let's talk about um well, let's let's let, let me go back to Tony. What were your any what let's talk about food. What were your favorite restaurant reviews this year? Well, it was hard because they haven't I've almost eaten everywhere and there's not been a lot of refresh refreshes, refreshes, grammar. Okay. Um Oh, restylings or restylons. Because, <laughs> you know, that's Nancy. Um Oh, I actually got kicked when I did it. Usually when I make fun of her, she can't physically, yeah, she just, yeah, she can't reach me. This is just, as a side note, this is the first time we've all recorded in the same room. The five of us have recorded together in the same room, so this is really weird. And we're all around a little tiny coffee table. Yes. (laughs) But now that I've looked back on everything, I have to go back, and I think I would almost re-review the restaurant, I think Tortilla Joe's was my favorite, even though I complained about something, of course, when I did the review. But there's been nothing that's, um, that's nothing that I'm confined. I can find a verb, thank you, that, uh, stands out amongst the other places that I went to. And, um, my least favorite, I have to say, and this kind of goes into what they need to do, I think they're in, they need to start refreshing some menus because, now there's nothing, you know, Tom will say, okay, you need to do a food review. Well, what about this one? No, it's the same thing you've already done. What about this one? And I think it's time for them to refresh the menus. I know they did a little bit at Tangaroa Terrace, and one of the things was good. The other thing wasn't that great. We're really rocking on the ship right now, <laughs> so we're, we're moving around. But um, I think they're, they're due for some, some more, I'm going to say it again, refreshing of menus. And then um, I didn't... Well, they refreshed... Um... I don't know if you want to call it refreshed, uh, Flo's V8 Cafe. And which, Wait, which was. Was that for a positive or a negative? No, that was kind of a downgrade. Yeah. 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 Well, Paradise, and, was it Paradise Grill also got rid of their flatbreads for that tasty Disney pizza? Yeah, that's yeah. another downgrade. So when I say refresh, maybe so, um, like a brand new, me- uh, okay, we're going to revamp the whole menu. Cause they did that a few years ago and every revamp was was good where they threw flatbreads everywhere and craisins everywhere. But I think now they're ready to, I think it's time to do some stuff again. Because if you think about it, like the character meals, it's been the same food for, I mean, not that they need to change all the food, but something to get a local to go, okay, I'm going to eat there again instead of Mimi's, which is cheaper. So I think they're, they're due for some, for some new stuff. And I do want to add that I didn't officially review and I should have, and Tom's going to give me a mean face. But I did go to Ralph Brennan's. I didn't review it. Just my dad went there, and if he's going to pay, I'm going to eat. And that was a really good meal. Even though it wasn't an official review, I think that was great. So I just wanted to share that one. Have any of us ever had a bad meal at Ralph Brennan's? No, that's one of my favorites. No, yeah. Um, what I'd really like to see a revamp on is maybe some of the kids' menus. You know, a few years, a couple of years ago, they revamped and gave us the power packs, which are yogurt, um, gold they've fish. they've kind of changed those a little bit too and downgraded those I think recently. You know, I still see all the I still see all the macaroni and cheese. I still see the arrows con pollo. I yes, they have arrows con pollo in Tomorrowland. 
Arroz con pollo. Okay, Arroz con <laughs> I can't troll my R's. <laughs> I can't make that little thing with my tongue. Gringo. <laughs> um, anyway, but I would like to see a little bit more. I'd like to see, you know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see something like what they do at Ralph Brennan's where they give them like a side of peas and carrots and veggie sticks and things like that. You can do that at Flo's, but not really any place else too much. Okay. All right. Let's talk about, oh, something new I did this year was I started reviewing some of the uh, Good Neighbor Hotels in the area. I've went through 14 different 14? holes. Yeah, well, the, there's... So, so this year was 2014, you did 14, so next year you can do 15. Yeah, well, and, and I, I combined... Oh, God, no. I, com- <laughs> I combined the, the two last time, and then I have one more coming up this week, and that's that should be number 14. Um, What's your favorite? I, I'm still sticking with Spring Hill Suites, the one I, the one I stayed at last month. I, I, for some reason, I love that hotel. It's a great location, great rooms, um, good service, good breakfast, uh, affordable price for, for what you're getting. Uh, you still have to pay for parking, but still, it's, it's, you know, I, I, of course, I'm, my, the fan favorite, of course, Candy Cane Inn is the, you can't go wrong there either. Okay. Um, there were a couple misses on there, but I, I'm not going to go into those. So, yeah. Oh, give us one miss, Tom. Except for Motel Six, give us another miss. Actually, I didn't mind Motel Six. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I didn't mind the Motel Six. That was that was not bad actually. About the Hyatt. Hyatt place. That one, uh, you know, it, I'm. I was so judgmental about that one when I did the Spring Hill and the, and the Hyatt place, and it just wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah, and that's and then it happens. You know, to just catch me on the catch me on a bad day, and that that's what happens. Michael, any favorite? Um, Family museum presentations this year. Um, yes, well, probably the largest and the smallest were my favorite. The largest was the Art and Flair of Mary Blair exhibit, and I mean, you know, Mary Blair. Even non Disney fans know who Mary Blair is. I mean, she really her style changed the look of Disney films. It, of course, uh, her design of It's a Small World, you know, is legendary. They did. They had an incredible exhibit from her very early days, her, her beginning of her art, all the way through, you know, Saludos Amigos, where she, you know, with, with that um, El Grupo tour in 1941 or so, where uh, it was a, um, it completely changed her style. Her experience in Central and South America changed her artistic style. Her use of colors uh, amazed everybody. She was one of the only Disney artists that, um, that Walt Disney allowed to sign her own work. Um, then, then they had the, her, so they showed all of that artwork, all her inspirational art for some of our most beloved films, such as Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan. It talked about, it also when she left Disney, went into her commercial, um, artwork career, and then her return to Disney with the design of It's a Small World, which was Walt's hope that, um, he wanted her artwork brought 
to all guests in a three-dimensional form, to her design of the murals in Tomorrowland, uh, in you know the old Disneyland, and also uh, for the in the contemporary hotel um, mosaic, and then one of the smallest was one of my favorites, and that was Mark Davis and and his leading ladies. Mark Davis was also designed some of our favorite characters. He drew Cruella Deville, who was supposedly based on somebody they worked with. Um, Maleficent, uh, and, um, you know, Tinkerbell, amongst others. And they showed, um, an amazing amount of his work, his, his rough sketches, also some of his personal paintings that he did, um, art in a very different, um, style than he did for Disney, and, and some of his wife's work, um, you know, um, Alice Davis. So both of those were excellent exhibits. I mean, they were not to be missed exhibits. Well, speaking of Mary Blair, this was the 50th, 50th anniversary, of- 50th anniversary of everybody's favorite song and attraction. Yeah. It's a small world. Should we so, all sing it together? No, 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 no. What what other anniversary? Any other big anniversaries this year? I mean, the big, other big one was the forty fifth. <laughs> two different, very different the, uh, attractions. Forty fifth anniversary of our haunted mansion, uh, and again, both of those attractions, iconic attractions that are in virtually every theme park in some form around the world. Uh, the haunted mansion, of course, is in a different land in every theme park it exists in, and. Interestingly, two that are not based on any film or cartoon or anything like that are are arguably two of the most popular attractions in any Disney theme park. Now, Mary Jo, you were out and about a lot this year doing some Day 6 adventures. Any any highlights? A um, couple that stand out for me. Uh, this one's a oldie for me, but it was the most recent one I did, which is Yosemite, close to my heart. I think Yosemite is God's gift to the world, and it's right here in California. What? That's beautiful. <laughs> I thought I was God's gift to the world, but okay. I was going to say, I thought Tony thought he was God's gift to the world. <laughs> no, we all know that Tom is God's gift to the world. I'm just fortunate enough to be able to sing with him once in a while. Thank you. Oh, he's Nothing. the wind beneath your wings. <laughs> If you didn't hear Michael, he said Tom is the wing beneath Tony's wings. But um, Yosemite National Park is just one of the most beautiful places. <laughs> Nancy's trying not to gag. Um, uh, and I highly recommend it. My The new experience that I got was the gift that my son gave me for Mother's Day, which was a gift to the Huntington Library and the gardens there and the library itself. I thought that was fantastic. I can hardly wait to go again, which I will be doing with some of our Diz friends. And that those are the highlights for me on my day six adventures. All right, let's move along to a. Uh, there's there's so much going on. We can't talk, or so much that happened in 2014. We can't talk about everything. But let's talk about some of the the times we got together with listeners. Uh, let's first talk about Dapper Day, which is an awesome event that's coming up in February again. Uh, I think that's February, March this time. February 28th and March 1st. Yeah. Uh, you want to, who wants to talk about this, this 2014 version? They're pointing at each other. <laughs> well, for me, that was really my first big, big thing with the team. Um, 
I'd never been since joining the podcast, and I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I mean, our meeting at the Grand Californian with all of... I was stunned by how many listeners showed up. And that was... um it was wonderful. I mean, it was just, it's like the cruise, you know, in that we get to meet our listeners and, and get to know them and interact with them, which is always wonderful. And then just the, the, then the larger experience of being dressed up and you have that camaraderie with everyone else in the park on Dapper Day and, and our first recording, um, my, my first time recording in the same space with most of the team. I thought that was pretty cool too. And um, Luella is one of the people who showed up. She gets dressed up really nicely and she's been on the show a couple of times. So it was really fun meeting her. Again, another shout out to Derek. And um, I really like that the people who went, you guys all, I didn't really dress up. But yes, we know. <laughs> well, but I was, I was this year. Th- you mean next year? Or yes, year? next year. Sorry. Next year I will. This year I was the fan that was in awe of the rest of you. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right. So, and let's let's skip ahead to June. Some of us did coasting for kids. We talked a little bit about that for next year, but we had how many people? Do we have a dozen? I don't think we had that many. Maybe we had. Well, we had about a dozen. Tony, how many would you say? A dozen. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. <laughs> And what I really liked about it, I mean, yes, we're raising money. I like that we had a friendly rivalry with the East Coast team to try to raise money, but it's all for a good cause. And what I liked about it, too, is the enthusiasm and, the com- again, the camaraderie between all of us. Who We're all connected by the Diz, which was really cool. We're raising money for a very worthy organization, which is cool, and that the, everybody who was on our team this year – is planning on coming back next year and then more joining us. And I, it's, you can't help but feel good that we're doing this together. Right. Right. Also, we raised money in Arizona. We went to, we all went to Phoenix and, uh, we had a wonderful meet there. Denise pulled off a, a great meet. Thanks to her. Thanks to Nicole for, for the idea. And I'm looking forward to that this year. I'm hoping we can, we can continue that. Um, so let's look forward a little bit to 2015. We are recording this on December 5th. And today, word came out, all the confirmation about Frozen Fun. So all the rumors you heard are true. Uh, we are getting a Frozen sing-along in the, in the Muppets Vision 3D Theater, which now be the Crown Jewel Theater of Arendelle. <laughs> Um, stage 17, which is the form, which is the former, former who wants to be a millionaire, the, the big old box there. Um, that's going to be, um, Olaf's snow fest or something like that. It's oh, going to be, it's going to be ice skating there. No, it'll be, it'll be snow. You'll be able to take, ride a tube down snow and make snowmen. Oh, the kids are going to love that. Right. Awesome. We'll get a, a version of wandering Oaken's trading post, which we are thinking will Everybody probably be. Feet and under is going to love that. Yeah. We'll, which are thinking will probably be the. The Muppet store that's there in front of Muppet Vision 3D. And also Anna and Elsa, Anna, I'm sorry, Anna and Elsa are moving from Fantasyland and Disneyland over to the Hollywood Land in the character close-up area, which, um, used to hold the zoetrope. Okay. So that's, that's where Anna and Elsa will be. Also, we are getting Freeze the Night, which is the replacement for Mad Tea Party, which will be the nighttime 
party. A couple other things going on over at um, Disneyland. The now I just lost my train of thought. The no, I'm talking about Frozen still. Storybook Land Canal Boats. Um, the Arendelle, Arendelle would be in the Storybook Land Canal Boats, okay. and also there will cool. there will be a oh, cool nice burr. Um, <laughs> there will be a Frozen story added at the Fantasy Fair in the in the Royal Royal Theater. How are they going to find room for that? Where are they going to put oh, it? No, no, no. What? No, no. One of the yeah, because yeah, oh, they have right, the, the performances. Moment, uh, yeah. Right so either, either either they'll dump Beauty and the Beast or and Rapunzel, or they'll, they'll add, add, another a, add another show in. I would say they'll ten to one. They'll probably just mix it up a little more, and the I'm hoping because I like both showings because it's like three or four showings of each. Yeah, I, I'm hoping because I liked okay. I liked both of those. I still have to see them. Um, anything else we want to look forward to in 2015? We talked a little bit about Phantasmic Fast Pass. Uh, we are going to check that out and bring you well our reviews next week. So that's kind of something that's going to play out, I think, in 2015 is is the Fast Pass or the Phantasmic Fast Pass. Uh, we're still waiting on word about uh, Luigi's Flying Tires or official word anyway. Um, there's all kinds of rumors going around about Star Wars Land and things like that. Uh, as soon as we hear anything official, we will let you know on that. Um, next week or so, we're going to check out the new transportation center, the Arctic, out in Anaheim. We're going to check that out for you. I'm going to take the train down and check that out. So that's that's new for 2015. Um, Knott's Berry Farm, again, expanding their family entertainment, it, bringing us Voyage of the Iron Reef, which I'm really looking forward to. Oh, that's right. I can hardly wait. I'm glad I have my annual pass. Yeah. We'll check that out on. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, and then, of course, the big thing, July 17th of 2015 is Disneyland's 60th birthday. Um, nothing official yet, but we all assume there will be a new fireworks show. Uh, parade. New nighttime parade. We're, we're talking paint the night. Uh, anything else new that's coming? I mean, we're, we're, we're talking what refreshments of all the. Supposedly the dark supposedly the dark rides in Fantasyland will continue to be refreshed one by one. Oh yay. Alright, any last words about twenty fourteen, Nancy? Well, you didn't ask me what my favorite thing was. What was your favorite thing? My favorite thing was getting to spend the year with all you guys and having Michael come on board. Aww. Aww, thank you. <laughs> Tony, any any last words about twenty fourteen? Now of course if I don't say that then I'm the heel, but that's okay. That's kind of the the role I play. Uh, I'm excited that they that they're they're laughing. I don't know what they're saying. Um, I'm excited that they brought in that they're starting to bring in Star Wars. One thing I forgot to mention was that they're that they brought in the race, the Avengers race, and then they brought in the Star Wars race, which is being run in January, even though it got sold out. Um, but uh, that as someone who's a father of a son, that they're starting to bring those characters into the park, and even though everything's going to be frozen, that they're starting to give, not to be gender-specific, but the boys some stuff that they might, and the older boys some stuff that they might like. So I'm, I'm excited that they're starting to bring those characters into the park, whether they belong or not, just for that age group. So, yeah. Mary Jo, any, any last words about 2014? I really like the, you know, the Disney blog, even though I complain that they sell out really quickly, I like that Disney 
land uh, gives us these opportunities to do some fun things, especially for pass holders or for the people who listen or read the blog. So I like that. And I also like when Nancy had told me when we uh, tweet to them that they answer us. And Don't you love that? Yeah, I think it's so cool that they that they do that. Yeah, well, if you're in the parks and, and you, you see something you like or have a picture that you like and you're on Twitter, make sure you put in at Disneyland Today. And a lot of times they will respond to you and say, wow, that looks neat or it's really interactive, which is cool. Right. That's it. But those are, those are the main things. I'm looking forward to the, to the 60th anniversary and seeing what they're going to bring to us. You could also tag at Tom Bell the Diz or whatever. And then, yeah. I'll respond to Michael. <laughs> Well, finally, it was, it's nice to see them starting to refresh the park in, in anticipation of the 60th. We've been seeing the Main Street facades all getting redone. We've seen a new, uh, you know, new first aid station built, um, the new guest flow corridor behind, um, Main Street to deal with What's going to be huge crowds for the 60th. Um, and I'm looking forward to the D23 Expo in August of 2015 and, um, meeting more listeners and, um, you know, a lot more Disney goodness combined with the 60th anniversary. Are they still doing free, the free, um, D23 memberships on the website? So maybe, you know, if you're out there and listening, haven't, uh, and you want, you're interested, sign up for it. I think Michael said last show or show before that, you know, reminder that the ticket prices for the expo will be going up at the end of the year. Yeah, end of the year. December 31st, I believe the first, um, phase of the discounts will end. So, um, so you, if you know you're going, get the tickets before December 31st to the expo. I have a question. How many of us are going? I know I'm going to the expo. You guys, yeah. who's going? Yeah. 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 I th- we'll all be there. The, the Diz will be represented. So. So that's a great opportunity. If you're, if any of you are planning on going to the expo, let us know. I'm Tom was, he's, he'll be getting some meets together before. Yeah. I think, and I think we're, I remember in 2013, we had a big meet out at the, yeah. at the Grand California. So, all right, folks, we appreciate you listening. We are going to go head out and meet some more people here on the cruise. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplug. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. And of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember. Disney 9 is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.